Who has the ringer on? It is 2024. Who has the sound on their phone to alert? You anyone doesn't even have the ringer switch anymore. I know they were turned it off. Foz. You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Foz Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 466 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined today by Foz Mahmood. Yeah. Mama, Okay. Seth Miller. That is, in fact, me. And Jason Rabinowitz. Hello. Guest of the show, longtime friend of the show. Happy to be back. Yeah. You're really... Well, and we're, yeah. and, and we're in person. We're in person. We have we have some stories to tell. It's been an interesting day in trip so far, so I'm excited to be back. I think for the first time, maybe not in Hamburg, actually, right? We yeah. always do this in Hamburg. We always do it in Hamburg. one in Brooklyn. You were in the Brooklyn Wild oh, yeah. Lair, or drink a beer, trying not to get arrested? That was like... Hard 2020 COVID rules, separation. They were giving out tickets. And the police were still setting everybody for drinking yeah, in yeah. the park. Yeah. Yes. Why not? not? It's a good time. They're behind us. But we're in Antwerp, Belgium. We can see the cathedral. We can see the cathedral. Partial view. Right, right. <laughs> Stephen made it. And I'm, I'm here. Big win. Is it, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks to you, <laughs> No thanks to me, United. Yeah. Um, they got you here. They did. So let's, let's talk Max 9 first. It'd be cool if anyone had any idea what was going on. It seems like it's just everything changes hour to hour. Yeah. Every time we, we're waking up to new news, to new news. Well, or good. Or is we're, we're in the middle of our day and the news comes out. So I woke up this morning, having set up relatively late last night, to updated news from like late, late Friday news dump sort of situation. The FAA announced that they needed more investigations or inspections of planes to determine if Boeing's plan was sufficient. That came out on Friday night. Yep. Um, and to the best of our knowledge, we've talked about this earlier, none of us have, can recall a time where Boeing was like, yeah, yeah, no, that inspection plan makes sense. We're just going to check it on 40 planes first and see if that's actually cool. And then we'll do the other 150. Yeah. 140, however many it is. It's, is it a random sample of 40? That's unclear. Um, there's also been a report out that some of the pre-delivery planes have shown some signs of perhaps not the best quality uh, coming up short on some of the requirements. So there, there's a whole lot going on there. Um, eventually, we'll have some answers, of course. But it's so this seems crazy. to drag out the timeline, though, of like what we know for significantly enough that Alaska has announced it's going to be return or, or ferrying its aircraft that are stranded at outstations back to its maintenance base. And will yeah. they do? Will they do that at ten thousand feet? Presumably. I hope not at a foot more than that, but if this... I mean, to get over the Rockies, though. Yeah, I mean... But, well, we're, hang, hang a left in the, hang a left in L.A. and go the long way. But it, this, they now expect this to take long enough where they don't want to keep these aircraft stranded at at, at wherever... I mean, I mean, I mean doesn't United have, like, six United, in Cancun? Six in Cancun. United has one in Portland. We saw Foz and I saw it when we were... There's one in Dallas at DFW, at least. This, but, right, but at least Portland, like, United has maintenance services there. Yes, we they can utilize Alaska's services, yeah, right? Like there, there's some having a plane stuck out of country, having the plane stuck in certain places would be bad. Yeah. Well, I guess the question about Alaska is, are they just ferrying the ones out of the country or everything that's scattered around? Yeah. Depends how long this takes. If it's months, yeah, they're going to bring them home wherever they are. If weeks, maybe, maybe not. Also, we still don't know what the actual inspection requires. We don't have like everybody keeps saying it's only still going to be you know a team and working for like four to eight hours on each aircraft. Which was the same thing. We've been saying that for weeks. That's the same thing the NBA said yeah, a week ago when this whole... During originals, uh, Boeing's original plan, right. which was approved by the FAA and almost immediately, maybe not rejected by the airlines, but thrown back at Boeing because of 
some sort of issue with that plan. Maybe it wasn't feasible, maybe it wasn't documented enough, but that plan was thrown back at Boeing and the FAA yes. so quickly, and there there hasn't been anything. Is another situation, has, has, can any of you recall a scenario where, like, an air an aircraft manufacturer, like, here's the inspection plan, and the allies are like, nah -uh. I mean, probably not publicly or, or, or in the public view enough. I'm sure this happens all the time, but for such a high-profile thing for Boeing to say, we have a fix, we're giving it to airlines, the FAA has approved it, and the airlines should say, uh-uh, this isn't going to work. And then almost a week later, we're here with the FAA saying, uh, we're not going to do anything at this point until we are 100% sure that this is the way forward and this is safe. I mean, I'm quoting here from the FAA, if the FAA approves Boeing's inspection and maintenance instructions, operators will be required to, re to perform the regimen. And there's, there's just some really strong wording here that the FAA is encouraged by the exhaustive natures, uh, nature of Boeing's instructions. However, in the interest of maintaining the highest standard of safety, the agency will not approve the inspection and maintenance process until it reviews the data. Like, this is pretty firm language. That basically, you'd like to have thought that that was sort of the thing all I the time. I would hope so, but apparently only now, starting today, they are really going to make sure Boeing's do We mean it this time. Yeah. And yeah. seemingly they do. This is... No, this was either going to last four to eight hours, or in my opinion, now we're just, yeah, it, it's going to be a very drawn out process. So like one of the things with all these planes coming back, where are they going to park them? Like there's not space for 50, spaces, but there's not 56 place space for 50, just six planes in Seattle and Portland. 65. Yeah. And United doesn't have the space for it at its humps for that many players. Yeah, United's got 79 and Alaska's got 56. Well, United has not yet said it's going to do anything. Well, they never said they're going to ferry them. That's fair. Yeah, only Alaska said they're going to ferry them. And by the way, if you see any Alaska 7 MAX 9s or whatever flying around, if they're using a four-digit number, flight number was starting with 9, that's the ferry flight. They just haven't magically put them back into service. They wanted to say that explicitly in their release. So, predictions. How long does this last? Months. Do we see the 900 ERs getting yanked? I mean, I think we talked about last night just in our conversations over dinner. Probably the reason we haven't seen the 900s and 900 ERs pulled is because this probably should have come out during a C-check on those. Or it's a different plug and we just don't know. Or something has changed in the manufacturing process, right? One of the things that's... Or it's a new manufacturer. It's a new batch of metal. Like, there are a lot of potential things there. Yeah. Like, you know. But, like, one of the things I've heard is and during the interior installation, they're removing the door in Renton now. Did they do that with 900s? I haven't seen any proof that that actually happens. I, I can't find one photo of the bug door being taken out during assembly on that. And the thing I read was that they're doing that so they can get the seats and stuff in it, and it's not the right shape to get seats in it. They can barely fit those seats through the actual boarding uh, 1L on those aircraft. They have to do all sorts of pivot maneuvers. They're, they're not going to fit anything through a pump door. I mean, it's all conjecture. Yeah, I'm not, exactly. saying, I'm not saying, saying confirmation of anything. Yeah. But if that's the case, right, then that's a... That raises that, lots of questions. Yes, yeah. Do... Do you think that Boeing is on the hook for all of this at this point? But from what we, does it matter though? What is who's that? paying? Who's paying for the grounding? Boeing. At the end of the day, they let the plane out of their factory, and they, they've admitted that they they have admitted to their quality escape. That's a super great turn of phrase. Yeah. Well, not unique to Boeing. That's apparently a, a thing. But uh, I think I think about I think about though when we when we talk about I, I see people talking about Spirit Aerosystems. Are you seriously? They're all giving Seth a really good <laughs> pretzels out of the bag. I'm sorry. Jason's pointing at me and laughing and wants more. This is a very different podcast than mine. <laughs> we, we don't have any structure or rules or decorum. I would use my hat making the noise. <laughs> not, uh, not one of the other posts. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some of the, the predictions are like, or not predictions, but people are saying, well, it's Spirit Aerosystems' fault or one of the third parties that are involved in this. Boeing delivered the plane. It's exactly, and it's it, 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 
in my view, even if it was a contractor, Bo- it's Boeing's job to go after the contractor, but it, Boeing's on the hook for the final product that gets delivered to the to the airline. Yeah. So, yeah, should, Boeing should do the, the inspections and, and things. Surely Boeing looks at, in theory, looks at the stuff before they put the interior panels on it. You would think. There's a report out, I think Aircard published, that they tightened some of the bolts on the right side, and it was the left one that blew, on the assembly line. So, like, someone's looking at some of the bolts some of the times. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're going to find out that the bolts are okay and something else fractured, but there have been reports of loose bolts yep. too yep. in other inspections. So, or fasteners. We don't know if they were bolts or fasteners. I think because they are different in this case. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, are, is the fastener a nut instead of a bolt? Something like that. Yeah. There is some sort of difference. Okay. The the bolt was welded into place and the nut was loose. Yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. Okay. Um. Anything else you guys want to add about the Max Nine? Well, they cluster. On the case of United, if you're booked on a match, not expect it to get canceled. Expect, I would say, it is going to get canceled and you should call and ask. They are saving 30 flights a day by swapping up to other aircraft. Alaska's doing all sorts of shenanigans by putting T-175s on routes that were supposed to be served by the MAX 9. So it's not a guarantee that if you're booked closely on a MAX that it's going to get canceled, but maybe take matter in Europe. And, you, and, and United's issued a waiver. That waiver's weird and strange and worded a little Poorly. oddly and you need to you need to push for things but it, there is a waiver out there and but united has also been doing aircraft swaps uh preemptively the flights that they believe they can cancel two max nights so they, they they're basically just saying we can incur this wrath my flight san francisco to la was canceled because they're like we can pick up that slack with by putting a bigger plane on it um they couldn't do that for me because it wasn't scheduled at the right time but oh. they can cancel that flight and pick up those passengers and only if they just flew to portland I brought it up the earlier today. Thank you very much. They do fly it on Delta. <laughs> and Alaska. And Alaska. And American. American flies it too? Yeah. E-175. Out to the remote stand. Way, way out there. Yeah. Um, tell me about Latam and new liveries. I like this one. So let's take a look. Yeah, right? Latam sort of quietly announced slash started doing. They have five uh, regional or... National subsidiaries, and if you ask me to name them all, I'm going to probably come up short. But Peru, Chile. Peru, Chile, Brazil. Colombia. Colombia. Will it be the fifth one? Ecuador, maybe? Uruguay? Maybe Uruguay. Uh, I, think, you know, I think it might be Ecuador. Really? I think so. Huh. So all five of them are now going... To, the A320 family planes, as they get repainted, are getting uh, a national airline-specific livery. And so the sort of zigzag pattern on the tail, mm. which is also repeated by the door, is going to be different colors depending on the country. Wait, is this one aircraft per subsidiary or is this every aircraft of that subsidiary will be in that color tail? Yeah. Really? I don't know. Oh. I said yes to an or question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the picture they had was, I believe, just a rendering, obviously, of like one of each. Um, I don't remember from the story I read if it was actually supposed to be all of them from each or if they're doing it sort of different, just the one representative. But I would think that that creates some issues, though. In if, the way. if they were to paint all of each country's planes in the colors of that country, right? Because I think they swapped them out as needed. They can still operate. Yeah. They have the authorities to operate them. I guess they're, the point you make is that they swap the plane registries sometimes to, yeah. like, the plane that's now land Peru that's flying the Lima to London route. They had to move a plane over to the Peru registry to make that work if it's got the wrong colors on it. They're paint it, yeah. Oh, I certainly don't have to repaint it other than the little registration. But, but, does, it, but does it create a, a problem for you're telling people this is a Peruvian plane? 
No. Or it's operated no. by a Peruvian airline. Yeah. No, I mean, they don't, yeah. not enough that it matters. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with it. I think it's cool. They're fun. They're pretty. Um, yeah. Not quite Iceland Air level of, or Condor, catch it if you can, all the different colors, but similar idea. And I think it's neat. Yeah. I think they look good. Latam definitely has one of those like block letter liveries that's like, we, we see that's all the rage these days. It's not quite Euro biz be- or Euro white because yeah. the tail isn't a solid color that's different than the rest of the plane, but it may as well be because the zigzaggy whatever on the back. Um, Austin, getting a new concourse. Austin, Gates. Austin, Texas is way overcrowded. Uh, they The report came out, I don't know if it's formally 100% approved or just that it was republished of what the plan was, but they're going to do a rebuild the entry hall that's going to go into the parking garage closest to the terminal. Okay. Um, underground walkway to get out to a new terminal that's being built. Where the south terminal used to be. Where the south terminal used to be, I guess, like sort of parallel to yeah. the existing terminal. Uh, and it's max design is 40 gates. Uh, they're going to start with somewhere around 10 to 15 to begin and then opportunity to expand from there. Um, they're not doing the full dis- full build out initially, both for money reasons and because it'd be a different environmental assessment requirement. So keep it as as minimal as possible. To- yeah, basically as much as we can under the current rule. Here's 10,000 pages of whatever uh, paperwork to make it happen. So uh, I think it's supposed to open in 2030. Mm-hmm. So, you know, only seven years to build a new terminal or six years. Go America. I I'm, I mean, I think a couple of things. One, I hope they build it like the European airports where all the stuff to get food is in the main concourse. And then you take the tunnel and you realize there's nothing out there because that would be hysterical. <laughs> I'm Takabro. a hater. <laughs> Can you tell I don't love that? Um, I think it's it's interesting because the South Concourse used to be reachable by car. Like you used to actually park, be able to park. At the, South that was, the South Concourse was the ULCC Concourse, yeah, right? Exactly. Has it been knocked down yet? I don't know if it's completely gone, but it's it's abandoned. Like there's oh, okay. like there's so the operations are done there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they did for a time. I mean, it's been recent. It was like 2023, maybe that they stopped. But yeah, yeah. I uh, I mean, they, I think they need it. I, coming just the entrance from the parking garage into the airport, you can be backed up into people if the security line's too long. So I've been sad. Yeah, it's it's crowded and it's it's a pain. So, but is the demand there? Right? We see airlines cutting back from Austin. Like American. American pulled back, but Delta came back in behind them and refilled. So Yeah. But Virgin also stepped out. Right? Virgin's gone. Yeah. Virgin Atlantic, yeah. There's capacity there are capacity decreases. And while Delta's attempting it, who knows if it'll survive? Well, maybe they can't do it successfully because there's not enough gates. Have I, you ever thought I could I could hear Bastion saying that. He's like, We need more gates. It's that's our problem. More cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> now I I get what you're saying, Bob, right? It's Despite Delta's statement of, like, this is good for connecting passengers into our network, which didn't make any sense, and we've talked about that in prior episodes, Americans sort of used it as a pseudo-connection position, like, it's not a hub, and who do they think, who does the Austin Airport Authority think is going to use as a connecting hub and whatnot, or, like, what are, or why are the other gates going to be, what's the O&D traffic that's going to be getting there, is it that significant? 40 more gates is a lot of capacity. And we're also due for a correction of the airline industry. So talk to Cleveland, man. Did they have they re- didn't they fully close the like DP or yeah. whatever? Is it back open yet? No. All right. Pittsburgh's mothballed some of its. You know, they're just destroying half of it. Yeah, but they're doing that in the name of rebuilding connection to the main concourse without having to take the tunnel across. Right. Um, but there are some airports that are scaling back. We'll see. I, yeah, I mean, I think Stephen, you're you got family down there, right? Forty. I think forty gates is a lot. Forty more gates. Yeah, forty more additional gates, and they got like twenty-ish in the main terminal, right? Yeah. 
I mean, it's crowded. It's I, more than 20. It's very tight. Yeah. Um, Alaska recently moved over to where Delta was or Delta is on the far, I guess that's the east side of the terminal. They're partners again? No, I think I think it has to do with some of the low cost carriers and potentially Americans and definitely they were taking up gates there because American takes up kind of the center of the concourse. But I it's just crowded. Like everywhere you go, like my wife was saying, it's you walk around and it just feels like you just don't get away from people. So to me it seems like the right move, forty gates seems like a lot though. Well, then I think that's part of why they're all in building phases. Yeah. You know, is ten or whatever to start enough to justify having like the tunnel and everything else. Yeah. It's a lot of investment there. But I, mean, I think part of the problem is there's just not enough space in the main building. Yeah. You can make it bigger. That's yeah. where you really- That building was crowded in 2005 when I was commuting there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's only gotten worse. And that's part of the problem. It was never designed to be a large-scale airport. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish them luck. Yeah. Um, Air India, adding some new routes, Seattle, LAX, DFW in the US, as well as Zurich, Jakarta, Rome, and Kuala Lumpur in Europe and Asia. So Rome is a return, and the main reason I remember that is I was on a mistake fair that had a Milan-Rome triangle route on it in 2013-ish. Okay. Um, but putting that part aside, uh, and some of the others might be as well, the Seattle, LA, and DFW are going to be from Delhi, and the interesting thing to me there is those routes are all going to transit Russian airspace. Of course. Which U.S. carriers can't do right now. Yep. So, do you foresee U.S. carriers submitting a complaint of some sorts? I'm not sure what they could say that would get in the way. Other than we're mad about this, yeah. I mean, but they'd have the same problem with the Middle East carriers, yeah. But those are not new routes; these are new routes, and they need authorization to operate them, right? It's it would be very hard to deny, given the open skies treaty that exists. I want. Do you know the timing on the Seattle flight? Yeah, it'll take about 16 hours. No, I'm saying timing, like when we're arriving in Jerk. I have no idea. Seattle's already said that they don't have gates for anything in the morning and stuff on the international terminal. Like, how is that going to work? If they didn't come in the evening, leave in the evening? I'm sure they'll find a time that works, but they yeah. didn't get gate space. But yeah, fair fair point. Uh, I just, I hit lesson. The other thing that, and this we talked about, I think last week or the week before, in terms of India trying to get access into Dubai or the UAE and sort of some of the uh, reciprocal challenges there in terms of increasing capacity just how much demand is there for those routes as non-stop traffic versus india trying to become that connecting hub mm-hmm. and are people going to want to transit delhi to get beyond india from north america into southeast asia and things like that uh, but can you transit delhi right now without a passport or without a visa yeah maybe i have no idea because last i checked the only one you could do it it was uh uh, was but no Bangalore. Uh, oh, I mean the physical structure of the terminal of those terminals makes things hard. Um, I just Bangalore is all consolidated as it is. Yeah, um, that's an interesting point. I don't know because until they address that yeah. issue, they can't do transit. And now that you mentioned, I think my ten years expires, so I'm going to probably have to get a new one next time. I go shit. I only get one years for work. That's good. My, I had a twenty-four one that was ten years. My work. Piece. Also, someone else probably paid for yours. So mine was it's cheap. Yeah, really. mine wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's interesting. I, I don't love the, I mean, for Air India, it's great. Like this is turning into, they actually have demand, but it's, it's good if there's, we assume there's demand because United's offered, you know, they have a second flight now to India out of Newark, but cut San Francisco and oh, Chicago. Oh, like yeah, overfly yeah, exactly. So the demand is there, but who wants to fly Air India? That's the big problem. Fair enough. This is a very real, new, this is a new Air India. That's right. I would argue most people would still fly through the Middle East. The Tinker is owned by Tata now. It's great. They have a long way to go to 
uh, fix their brand. They got to prove it. It's going to be a, a journey. Um, and if you're going to also back to Stephen's point about the timing, depending on what time they arrive in Delhi, what onward connections do you actually have? Yeah, if it's if it's too late, you can't roll back one one step there. Do we really believe that Aerodia's reputation matters for ninety seven percent of people out outside of this room? I know none of us would fly the existing Air India, but for the normal passenger shopping on Priceline.com, I think that I think Indian expats, yes, yeah, I mean, like matter. you talk to Indians, they don't want to fly Air India, but they do anyway. At least the Indians I know they still fly Air India because it's typically their only choice, unless they want to go through the Middle East or want to go through elsewhere. They take it because it's usually the cheapest and no connections so they put up with it. Most of the Indians I know would never step foot on Air India. Interesting. They would rather take Emirates or Qatar or Etihad. Interesting. Like there's people in my office in Bangalore that specifically avoid Air India. I mean, that's a good move. Uh, right for doing it, but this is the new Air India. So maybe you can change it. Not yet. But it'd be on the A350s, I think. I mean, it'll be interesting to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think it's, I'm nonplussed about the overflight of Russia. Yeah. I think it's un, it's not good. You don't want to see it, but we have already seen what happens when a flight bound for the U.S. does divert to Russia. Thankfully, nothing happened. They got out. Yeah. They got out, but maybe there's another case in the future where there's someone on board that aircraft that it just happens the wrong. wrong. You got a journalist on the plane. Yeah. So it is a valid question, and there are people who should definitely not be booking that flight, but yep. we, we've seen what happened already, and effectively nothing happened. Yep. That's it. Exactly. Um, American Airlines updates. What is this about? Advantage? Advantage, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the 2024 version of Advantage is coming soon. Um, they, I'm glad they waited till 2024. Well, they switched their program year to sort of start March 1st. That's true. Um, the, you basically have to be an Advantage member to get a bunch of the benefits that used to exist. Okay. And they've teased this as things like Advantage members now get six more months to use uh, travel credit for a canceled flight or a changed flight than non-members. But it's not... the Advantage members get six more months is that non-members get six fewer months. Mm. Um, if you want to fly standby now, you have to be an Advantage member. Uh, no same big standby for non-members now. Uh, with the caveat that status holders of partners and military also will still get that. But it's only status holders of partners. So it's not just like BA Blue, just generic BA member trying to earn points. And you happen to, you know, whenever you're flying on American, you have to already have status for it to count. So they... It's more stick than carrot, in my opinion. Um, what's the what's the no pun intended advantage of them requiring status? They get people into the program, and so then when once you get people into the program, you can target them and bully them, try to bully them into getting your credit card. Which, for the record, I get that email probably every ten days asking me to sign up for the uh, lounge credit card, right? So they and if you buy into Delta's theory of we give you your Wi-Fi for free on board if you're a member. And we make so much more money from Sky Miles members than we do from non-members that it's worth it to us to pay the hundreds of millions to billion dollars a year in bandwidth charges. Um, that American is sort of thinking they're going to do something similar, but mm -hmm. you know, with same day change, not with Wi-Fi. It's all about data and monetization of that data, and I don't believe it. I don't believe there's any value in that. If the think about your typical kind of person who's booking an AA reservation that doesn't have. Uh, any sort of frequent flyer account attached to their ticket. They're, they're probably the kind of person that flies once a year, does no value to them. The airline's not going to get any value out of it. So it, it's, I don't like it because you're getting into a situation where a traveler who flies once a year is going to be locked out of benefits that, I mean, yeah, they, they could sign up for the account, but it, does, it doesn't benefit them in, in any way. But from their perspective, it could be a traveler that flies them once a year and flies someone else the other times a year. Yeah. So it's a way to tar start targeting them. 
Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I think it's fair. None of this is particularly punitive, I don't think. It's not like they're taking, make locking uh, free standby away so only top tier members can enjoy it. Yeah, but like, there's no barrier to entry. But here. like the standby thing, like, are you, you going to go to the gate and be like, I want to stand by this for this earlier flight? And they're like, okay, we well, have to sign up for advantage. Papers, please. Yeah, exactly. I, all right. Like, I was a BA blue member all of last year until November when I finally got my t- ticket, but I was flying American a few times. I, and actually, one of them was when I, we went to Chicago, when I flew standby coming home. Yeah. I would not have gotten that because I was crediting that flight to... I guess the, the question is, can you show them your advantage number or, or something? I am an advantage show number. I'm just not crediting it on this flight. And computer says no. I, I don't know. I would assume computer says no. Yeah. They're going to create a lot of angry customers. Then. Can you- I don't think it's a lot, but there's there's a... Uh, yeah, the Venn diagram sliver is small, but I think it's... It's probably should it. Yeah. What were you going to say, Fels? Oh, we, we could say bad words on this podcast. That is just not the F bomb. Oh, okay, cool. We don't want to get de appled. <laughs> don't love that. <laughs> I think we already have a, a mature rating on uh, explicit. Okay, wait. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know. Try not to drop the F bomb. We don't have to. <laughs> what were you going to say, Foss? I mean, what, like, could you change your number to an AA number? Do it the standby and then have them change it back. I've done, I've tried this before. And when the JetBlue American Partnership existed and the system, if you had anything in the record that was a benefit of one of the programs, would not let you change it. So I think like, I had AA status at the time, and I used it to get a free check bag, and then tried to switch to credit to JetBlue, and the system re- rejected that. So for as terrible as airlines are, a lot of computer things, it seems like maybe they found that one and sorted it out. I like how they invested in fixing that and not more basic things. Uh, but on the plus side, you can, you'll can you be able to request swoops online now. Well, and the, wow, they're catching up to United, isn't there? <laughs> a la 2007. <laughs> Maybe even earlier. <laughs> yeah. And they also took away 24-hour hold from non-members. Yeah, which is weird to me because... That's a money story. It, how are they going to... They took they took away 24-hour hold from non-members, but you always... The reason 24-hour hold theoretically still existed was to let you well, book right. and refund, but they they let everybody book and refund now within 24 hours, even though hold exists, right? Right, but they all, but right now you you can hold for 24 hours and buy and still refund within 24 hours, so it's more like no, 48. 48. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think it's more stick than carrot, but as Jason said, nothing egregiously punitive. No, no. It, it's mildly punitive and nothing for the, most people. And that's how they get you. That is. Um, let's talk a little bit. I, I think let's talk on this, on the main show about Antwerp. And we'll talk about some other topics. It has good beer. Antwerp has good beer. Let's say how we got how we got here. Uh, Foz, how'd you get here? An event, uh, a very eventful trip to Boston from Boston uh, on JetBlue on to Amsterdam. And we took the train. We, then we took the train down. Wait, so you're just going to leave it? That so was eventful. Come on. We have a we have. A, whoa, 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 don't try to give things away. We've got a premium portion of the episode. Oh, you you pay well. The other second half us, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that on mind. No, you don't. Okay. Uh, I met Foz at the airport in Boston, and we flew over together. Yeah. And Jason? I flew JetBlue nonstop to Amsterdam, and then got on Good. the from JFK, and then got on the train in Amsterdam Central, and saved a nice four-seater for us all while the train went to Seabol. We had to kick out one person. We did. She didn't belong there. She knew that. In her defense, she saw the, three, the other three of us try to sit down. She's like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. I mean, she, yeah, she saw like two guys, and she's like, okay. They, he wasn't joking when he said, everybody's coming. At first, she ignored me, and then she <laughs> oh, okay, you weren't you are messing with <laughs> I'm going to sit next to people. I may as well not be these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How'd you get here, Steven? 
So I was originally scheduled to go through London. Should I save all this for the bonus, or you won't? At least I'll describe the itinerary. You have to give the, the listeners reason to subscribe. Yes. Uh, so I was originally supposed to go through London, and I was going to meet you guys. Either I was going to fly directly to Antwerp on Luxair, or uh, I was going to do good fly. I was going to do Amsterdam and meet you guys. Yeah, for the train. That didn't work out because of Max Nine issues. So I came uh, through Chicago uh, to the Amsterdam flight. So we'll talk about that a little bit. The bonus show, um, like Antwerp, though. Yeah. Interesting place. Um, Billy's Beer Cafe. Very good. That's one of the bars we went to last night. Solid recommendation there. Uh, Culminator. With his with a K. Would, would, would recommend. If you're getting sorted out. Do not give away the passphrase. I will not. There's a secret password. Um, passphrase. It's not even yeah. a word. It's a whole passphrase. What I will say is I think if you're going to Culminator, you, you need to be a beer. I wouldn't say connoisseur, but you need to be a fan of different beers, specifically Belgian beers that have been bottled in the last 30 years. Is that fair? And by saying bottled in the last 30 years, I mean, you can actually go in and, and ask for a beer that was bottled 30 years ago. Yes. Yeah. We had a night. We had a Bruden 99 bottled in 2000 this evening. Quite good. Different. It was just not, it's not what you expect as a beer drinker in the United States. Didn't match the label. Or didn't match expectations based on the name on the label. Yes. So, and from the sounds of it, don't be held up attached to what you order because you might get something else. No, yeah, we definitely did not get either of the bottles we ordered. We got two different things. Yeah. So we saved the rest for the... Uh... My husband opened the wrong one. Would you like to still drink it? Yes. Or... Yes, we would. Yes, you're, you... Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a cool city. It's I haven't seen a ton of the waterfront yet. I think tomorrow I'll probably... The waterfront is interesting. Like, there, it's on a river and, like, most of the city is on one, one of the banks. There's yeah. stuff on the other side, but not much. Um, but it's not... A waterfront city culture sort of place where everything goes there to the yeah no everything stays inland a little bit near the square near the cathedral and whatnot which is the part that we sort of have been walking around so there's a and it's a short walk between the two but like the waterfront certainly in the winter is not the place to be because there's nothing over there well and it's it was super interesting because we like took the tram by the waterfront but it only stayed on the waterfront for like four blocks and right it was like it shutted back in so you can kind of tell all the traffic it cut in like a block south of the cathedral yeah. because again back towards where the town is and tonight we're having indonesian yeah so we'll see how that goes i think it'll delicious. be delicious good so um yeah anything else you guys want to talk about before we jump to the bonus topics nope cool well to, to uh our listeners thank you for joining us thanks for subscribing and we'll talk to our patreon subscribers in a minute about a bunch of stuff and uh yeah happy travels talk to you next time take care see you later so long